This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And thank you for being with us on Davidic Wisdom. Today I'd like to talk to you about the non-permanence of the body versus the eternal nature of the soul. Now, in the Vedic literature, specifically the Bhagavad Gita as it is, there is a significant section where it's discussing the temporary nature of the body and making everyone aware that the body is an impermanent experience. It is temporary. That's all there is to it. No one escapes death. Not because they have done something implication upon their activities or their consciousness or any of that because they are in a body that has a temporary duration that's all there is to it the type of cells it's made out of the function it it goes through in the processing of food and air and blood and stool etc all of those things are functioning within the material body which is an inferior substance inferior structure that will diminish it will break that's all there is to it it will not last it's not permanent it doesn't have that quality so every individual soul experiences this end of life now we experience it the entire duration from birth to death it is one thing with birth comes death as soon as you take birth of the body the living entity inhabits the body in the womb it makes the body grow then it is separated from the mother's body and becomes individual separated individual body with a living entity energizing that modern science accepts that the heart is the seat of the energies of the body and the Vedic literature describes how the living entity is living in the heart supported by five types of air that balance its position at all times within the body and gives consciousness through the red corpuscles of the blood the heart pumps the blood and the blood passes to the soul passes by the soul and the soul gives consciousness through the corpuscles to the entire body so the all-pervading feature of our bodies is consciousness i'm conscious of what my foot is feeling on the ground what my bottom is feeling on the chair the air i'm sensing in the room any types of other influences that my senses can pick up this is all being noted and it's being correlated because there's consciousness now we have temporary level of consciousness called sleep when many of these sense perceptions shut down or at least are minimized but the soul continues to energize the blood and the blood continues to circulate consciousness and life force energy throughout the body so the issue is that the body goes through this pulsing cycle due to the blood's being moved by the heart and the conscious living entity is permeating it with consciousness and it wears out as simple as that just like the tires on your car you put the tires on brand new and you start doing things with it and over time little teeny bits of particles keep coming off and coming off and coming off until oh, there's threads showing 
there's a hole, there's a blowout, whatever it might be. But it gives out because it's going through this minute changes. The tire is experiencing minute changes. It doesn't happen immediately. The same thing is true. The body goes through all of these changes, and these changes are minute. Now, according to the Vedic literature, you are actually changing bodies all the time because the cellular structure is actually replenishing and changing. So it isn't so much that the body grows because we look a lot different when we're four or five or six years old than we do when we're 20, than we do when we're 40, than we do when we're 70. The body looks a lot different. How can it be? Because the cells change. And as the old ones fall away, the youthful cells, and they're replaced by a more mature cell, they take on a slightly different appearance. So we have it that the body appears to be aging, growing and aging. But from a cellular platform, it's actually changing. It's a different cell. It's a different body. You do not have a baby's body anymore. You are still the same conscious being. You are still permeating the body with consciousness under the structure of the material body. And you are still the same uh, witness, the same controller, the same empowerment of the body. But the body is not the same. You don't have the baby body. You don't have the child body. It's not there anymore. It's just not to be had. Because from the cellular structure, cellular platform, the body is constantly changing. So the Vedic literature focuses on this perspective, that you're actually changing bodies all the time, every day. And since it's so minute, it's hardly perceptible. Just like on the tire of your car. You could get in the car, drive across town, turn around, come back, and you won't be able to see any difference in the tire. But if you go in the car across town and back and across and back and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth enough times, you wear out the tire. And then you notice, ah, oh, it's very different. <laughs> the body, the tire has had it. i got to get new ones. Similarly, the body is like that. It goes through this cycle back and forth and back and forth of changing the cells, and it's hardly perceptible on a daily, maybe weekly, maybe monthly basis. But if you take a picture of yourself on Tuesday, the 2nd of January, every year, you will see differences in the body. So it's a perception issue. That is really what's keeping us from realizing that our body is actually changing. It changes from child to youth to middle age to old. But the spirit soul does not change. You, the eternal conscious living entity, you are not being changed by the changes of the body. Similarly, if you're in this car, you're driving back and forth, you're wearing out your tires, but you are not being worn out. Your tires are being worn out. It's still your car. You're still driving. You are the controller. You are the empowerment. You are the guide, pilot, whatever you want to say, but the tires are wearing out. Similarly, we're the same position in our material body. It's just like a car. And it's 
changing. The cells are minutely, daily, constantly changing. But the, the living entity, the owner of the body, the driver of the body, the occupier of the body is not changing. So the consciousness level of the living entity is different from the ex existence platform of the body. The body is being used by the conscious living entity, but it is not the conscious living entity. So Levitic literature makes a clear distinction here that the body is a temporary object that is being used, employed by the eternal spirit soul living entity. So there's two platforms here of existence. One is temporary, one is permanent. One is imperceptibly changing constantly, and the other is not changing at all. It's the same. The eternal spirit soul is the same. Now, what does change is the work that the body does is an influence, and that changes things. So for a temporary period of your manifestation in this body, you can make an influence and a change on the society around you, on wherever you put your life force energy in the material manifestation. On the other hand, the eternal spirit soul, he does not constitutionally change. However, the level of consciousness that he is maintaining, the perspective that he maintains, can be changed you can become a more conscious being. You can become a self-realized being. You can become a God-conscious being. It's the consciousness level that you, the eternal living entity, is, is uh, sustaining. So the Vedic literature says there is temporary work relative to the body and the environment it's in, and there is eternal work, which is the elevation of your consciousness and acting as an eternal spiritual being. Now, the Vedic literature says that the, the spirit soul, the individual soul, is a servant. The relationship between the individual soul and the supreme soul, the supreme personality of Godhead, is that the supreme personality of Godhead is the whole, the complete whole. He is the unlimited cause of all causes. And we, as living entities, we are atomic in size, a particle of God. And therefore, the relationship is master and servant, teacher and taught. To be served and the servant. So this is the understanding that the conscious living entity needs to be developing. And he comes to the platform of understanding that his success, his liberation, his awareness, his maturity, his fulfillment, his perfection is all on the consciousness platform, not on the bodily platform. So we have to be very cautious in our material lives that we're not distracted from our higher spiritual work and responsibility as eternal servants of God and get lost in the servant service of the body, the mind, the senses, our objects we own, the family we live with, the country we inhabit, all of those temporary sides of things are not the correct focus for the enlightened living being. 
The enlightened living being sees himself as an eternal part and parcel of God, subordinate by his natural constitutional position, and meant to render selfless transcendental devotional service to God for his complete fulfillment and perfection. So society is not drawing this distinction. This is why the Vedic literature is so ultimately important to humanity. That this knowledge can be delineated in any single living entity, any individual soul, can revive his lost consciousness, can revive his lost servant mentality. Here in the material world, everybody's trying to be the boss. Everybody's trying to be the controller. Everybody's trying to be the big cheese. And all it does is make life here frustrating. Everybody's competing for the limited resource or limited opportunities. They're not subordinately working together and helping to achieve something. We see this in ant colonies and bee colonies. They work cooperatively for the benefit of everyone. Yet we can't do it in human society. Because everybody's trying to be the master. Nobody's willing to accept we're all servants. So when one comes to spiritual life and he realizes that he's actually an eternal servant of the Lord. And all of the other living entities are coming to spiritual life are also eternal servants of the Lord. He becomes humble. And he becomes an encouragement, a cooperative unit with the other spiritual servants. And everyone works cooperatively for the satisfaction of the Supreme. Because when the Supreme Personality of Godhead is satisfied, he can see to it that everyone is satisfied. Everyone's desires are taken care of. Everyone's needs are taken care of. Everyone's future becomes hopeful. Everyone gets an opportunity. This is because he is the unlimited potency. He has the capacity to change anything and everything. Where we don't, we're very limited in potency. So struggling on our own to make some dramatic change is very difficult. As opposed to accepting the reality that we are created as servants and start rendering service. And when the master is satisfied, Everyone is satisfied. So this is uh, some of the basic tenets in the Vedic literature that change the perspective of the living entities struggling here in the material world, trying to be the controllers and only experiencing frustration. Now, we have the situation now where most people are distracted and confused by artificial propaganda that you are happy. That you're not to look at, you're not to accept, you're not to acknowledge. You're supposed to deny that there's any suffering in your life. You're supposed to blindly say, oh no, I'm very happy. It couldn't be better. Oh yes, it could. <laughs> you should be blissfully happy with intelligent understanding and proper perspective with an uninterrupted, unself-motivated devotional service to the Supreme Lord. That's where real happiness is. And most people, 99%, according to the Vedic literature, 99% of the people are actually struggling for existence with the mind, the body, and the senses. They're not actually on the spiritual platform where they're selflessly rendering service to the Lord for His pleasure. 
So the Vedic literature is a very important tool for the upliftment of the human society. Now I say human society because the animals cannot have this discussion. Those in the lower species of life cannot analyze and have this discernment type analysis of their own predicament, whereas the humans can. But the humans are all distracted by artificial technical means, by artificial uh, demands upon their energy, life force, time span. And when they come in contact with the Vedic literature, their temporary activities are put in proper perspective and their eternal activities are reawakened in their prominent position they deserve to be. So this Bhagavad Gita, it is there to teach that the living entities are eternal and they take on a new body and they have live a duration of life. When the body is exhausted, they take on another body. Now, it's not really that much different. On a daily basis, we've already covered that your cells change and the body is actually changing. At the time of death, the soul moves to another body and starts again. It's not some insanely difficult, unbelievable, uh, improbable situation. It's a little bit more intense, more in-depth change. But it's still the same process. The eternal living entity habits a body for a period and then it ends by exhaustion and it goes, he goes to another body and begins again till that is exhausted. Just like a pair of shoes. You use these shoes for some time, maybe six weeks, maybe six years. You're wearing these shoes and finally they're done, you get a new pair. But you keep going. The body is temporary like that. Your body may last you a hundred years, the next man sixty years, the next man ninety years, the next man four years. We don't have any control over that. We know that the bodies are by nature temporary. We know that they will be exhausted at some point or another. We know they will break or be uh, used up. And the living entity moves to another body and continues his work according to his qualities and his work according to his desires the living entity moves from body to body to body he can elevate himself to the higher statuses of demigod he can elevate himself to an intimate associate servant of the lord in the transcendental world or he can degrade himself to a bug a microbe he can degrade himself by his work or he can elevate himself by his work. And this is explained in the Vedic literature in excellent detail. So anyone can understand it in proper perspective. That the soul continually passes from this body uh, from birth to death and then takes upon another body after death and he becomes more and more and more realized if he's properly aware of his real nature. Or he can become confused and be distracted and degrade himself into the lower species of life. So the Vedic literature is telling you, don't be disturbed by this death process. It's not your death. It's the body's death. And you go on with your work. Be advised by the Vedic literature, by the great saints and sages in this life to read the Vedic literature and understand this function. Understand this 
process that is controlling all of the millions and billions of living entities that are here. And it's running them through lifetimes in various species of life according to their desires and the qualities of their work and decisions on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. This transition is going on, whether you know it or not. So the intelligent person will inquire, why am I being forced to get old? Why am I forced to get sick? Why am I forced to die? Because we're talking about the body. You, the eternal living entity, you are witnessing these experiences. You are tasting them. You are suffering them as the body goes through them because you have such a, a nice and intimate connection with the body. But you should wake up to why is this happening and ask these higher questions and understand in proper perspective and you come to the platform where you learn how to stop the cycle of birth and death. This is the key to the whole thing. If you understand you have an eternal occupation, if you understand you are an eternal servant of God, if you understand that this temporary material world is not your real home, then you are actually waking to the true value of being in the human form. You're waking to your real nature. And the Vedic literature is to help you understand that transition and get that in proper perspective, as opposed to being distracted by things and the senses and the body and the mind and the television and all the external things that have no permanent nature. You're encouraged in the Vedic literature to not let this happiness and distress upset you, not to get pushed or pulled, to tolerate the coming and going of happiness and distress upon the body that you sense, you experience because of the body. And to push on and get to the platform of understanding my position is as a servant irrespective of the conditions, the external conditions that I might be in, happiness or distress. Heat and cold. Happiness, distress. So when one is not disturbed by that, he is then uh, qualified, eligible for attaining liberation. Liberation from what? The cycle of birth and death. One becomes eternally fixed as a servant of God in the spiritual world without loss, without diminution, without confusion, in full knowledge, in a blissful condition of life, permanently in the association of like-minded spiritual beings who are also rendering service to the Lord and directly in a face-to-face -face relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is the true platform of happiness. This is perfection. There's nothing higher than to achieve that level of purity and engagement and activity and direct association with spiritually enlivened beings and the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the all-knowing, all-loving personality. So every living entity can achieve that platform. The Lord has manifest millions and billions of living entities all as unique individuals 
because he wishes to have a unique relationship with each of those unique individuals. He is unlimited. He does not want everything the same. He wants an unlimited number of relationships. He wants an unlimited number of servants. His enjoyment is receiving and reciprocating on that eternal platform to the point of its happiness, joy, playful, spontaneous affection with a multitude of unique living entities, you and I. We are all unique. And our position is just that. We bring to the table a unique perspective and an understanding of how to render service to the Lord, and this is what makes the Lord happy. When you exercise your individual uh, characteristics in a service attitude, in the transcendental association, spiritual association of elevated beings and directly reciprocating with the Lord. The Lord becomes happy, everyone becomes happy. So in the spiritual world, happiness is the standard. Joyful, it's called, it says blissful. In the Vedic literature it says blissful. Now that's above good and bad, that's above happiness and distress, that's above all of these platforms, this is absolutely ecstatic, blissful, in a wonderful, beautiful state of being all the time. That is your normal condition. That is what you're created for. That is what the Lord wants for you and me and everyone else. That we experience that blissful exchange of service and affection, of uh, service mentality, reciprocating at the highest level of bliss. So the Vedic literature is pointing directly at everyone in the material world in a human form. Don't be attached to your temporary status, your temporary bodily features, your temporary predicament of life. Move above this conception of life. Come to the platform of understanding your eternal occupational duty is servant of God. And revive that uh, uh, service mentality by reading the Vedic literature, which is meant for. It is the explanation. It is the manual for human form of life. To give you all of the answers you need to come to perfection and practice getting your act together such that you're qualified, eligible for liberation from the cycle of birth and death, to go back home, back to God, and to engage in the eternal service of the Lord in the spiritual world. Your normal, natural, healthy, blissful condition of life. Love of God in the spiritual world as a servant of God. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.